Well, you can talk about film. Gotta be quicker than this. You can talk about film with a philosopher's zeal or measure them all by box office appeal, but for once in your life... Be real! Well, grab your Smith & Wesson and seal the airlock. It is a mini-episode of Be Real. Guys, I am Chance Solon Pfeiffer. <laughs> I'm Noah Ballard. We've gathered on this mini to talk about 10 Cloverfield Lane, open this weekend. Um, the sort of sequel, I guess, Noah will enlighten us to 2008's Cloverfield, which I have not seen. Uh, directed by Dan Trachtenberg, who uh, this was, seemed like his first sort of major, major film. Uh, stars Mary Elizabeth uh, Winstead as the main character, John Goodman and uh, John Gallagher Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to synopsize, or shall I? Um, I can get into it. Do it. So the movie opens with um, the chick from Scott Pilgrim versus the Worlds. She's like pa- Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Right, but what else is she from? just a lot of like b and c level sci-fi movies where she's just the object of attraction wow um anyway she's packing up her apartment uh she's putting her things together and she takes off her like engagement ring and like puts it down on the on the the table in the foyer and uh she leaves and she gets into a car and she drives and then in such an aggressive and bold <laughs> choice for this movie just you just know going in that like you need to be unsettled. you're going to be unsettled um yeah. they juxtapose yeah. the title sequence in with a very horrifically filmed car crash this is true and then i like that choice god knows how much time passes but she wakes up and she's in this bunker run by John Goodman. And you, mm-hmm. you're not sure at first if she's just been kidnapped or what. And then he says, no, no, I didn't kidnap you. I saved you. The world has ended outside. And you're like, as an audience member at this point, you're sort of like, well, I don't know if I'd trust you, John Goodman. Show me some proof. <laughs> and then the movie shows you proof because there's in fact a third person in this bunker, this guy, this contractor who helped build the bunker uh, who witnessed some like vague explosion or something, but he believes that the world has ended because of some, they think it might be some sort of chemical weapon from Russia, or they think it might be aliens, but they're pretty sure it's yep. one or the other. <laughs> the only two that are really brought up, right. aren't they? And then the movie unfolds from there. You were in an accident, and I saved your life by bringing you here. Everyone outside of here is dead. When I see those like giant hulking superhero like industries onto themselves where like the world is blowing up, like I just don't want to watch movies anymore. And I just want to juxtapose that quickly with this movie because when I watch 10 Cloverfield Lane, and it's because it's a J.J. Abrams property, like he he's he's known for this feeling, but it exists on the level of movie making you know it doesn't have very much to say about like the world politically or socially like people like pop out of the places they pop out of the movie and wake up in the strange places they wake up and do what they do because like this guy and like the young directors who take after them like watch Spielberg and they like enjoy 
they have joy because of that like and they try to like put it into their own work right which is like a nice a nice place to be when you're just in a theater on a weekend as opposed to x-men apocalypse right well that's uh, i think this movie comes at an interesting time in the season too because mm-hmm. like the only thing we've seen for the past two months has been garbage right and this is kind of a nice movie to plug in. I was reading this really interesting article in Rolling Stone about how this movie came to be and why they chose to uh, release it now and like under this. Because it was filmed not as a Cloverfield movie. They didn't really have that title until they developed the marketing plan. Uh, quickly, if you wouldn't mind, unless you want to like get to it in a different part of the conversation, can you tell our audience or just me who hasn't seen Cloverfield like what I need to know, if anything? Or maybe just some compare contrast. It's interesting. They're using the word Cloverfield almost like uh, they're doing right now with O.J. Simpson uh, on FX. It's like this American crime story that's off of American horror story. But it just like is talking about a sort of a specific brand of movie, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the Twilight Zone. Like each episode doesn't talk about the other episodes. It just sort of exists. So I, that's that's sort of how it's it's linked. Let's well let me talk about just the a little bit about so how this movie was made. Okay. So from my reading uh, in Rolling Stone and elsewhere, so they had this property, this script called The Cellar. And oh. then I don't know what the inspiration was for it, but JJ Abrams had optioned this like 6 or 7 years ago, like a while. And for some reason decided it was time for this got the guy who wrote and directed Whiplash to like kind of beat it into shape and then they yeah, yeah. and they shot it but Damien then they Chazelle. like left it in the can for like a year and nobody knew it was getting released this past weekends when we are recording this um until 6 weeks before do you feel that approach that suddenness that spontaneity when you watch this movie other than the fact that it is so incidental like we talked about it actually had some genuine suspense and I felt like because I didn't know what the beats of this movie were going to be, it felt fresh and it felt scary. And I was like, from that first initial car crash, like I was like squirming for the next like 70 minutes, you know, just like wondering what's going to happen to this young woman and what are the mysteries of her life? Why did she leave her? And that's the, that's another good thing about this movie. And I think sort of the Cloverfield brand is this movie isn't afraid to ask more questions than it answers. And I already talked about how this movie like doesn't really have any politics on its mind. But one of the things that I think really happens to its credit is the fact that Mary Elizabeth Winstead is not like great. This is not like a great part but like she is playing an adult yeah. and i think like one of the ways in which this movie could have been so much worse so quickly is if she had been like a teenager and the movie was directed at teenagers right yeah um, she's a 20 something and there's something to the way that she deals with with crisis right. and deals with john goodman where like she knows more about human behavior than he does and like she uses that against him and like her relationship right with Emmett played by John Gallagher is really like a practical partnership. And in that ways, it's like, it's a little bit, no bullshit. Right. Which is nice. What I like about the structure and like the characterization in this is yes, she has like a very fresh read on her 
like the way she conducts herself. That's not so like, Oh, here's a father figure. I'm just going to buy in unless I'm given something that's like really striking that yeah. says, don't trust him. She sort of, or is here's a man who's my age. I love, or sorry. Or like, she doesn't fall in love with John. Yes. Gallagher, and then she I'd doesn't love. fall in love with John Gallagher. What he becomes is sort of a sibling in this weird house they live in. Like, and yeah. they just are trying to not get caught by dad. Exactly. Let's talk about dad. Um, He's been in so many movies recently, John Goodman, whether like Trumbo or Argo or Flight, where he's just doing this thing where he get called where he gets called in for ten minutes. It's like what they do to Alan Arkin nowadays. And right. Like, oh yeah, they hire him to sit at a desk and say something ballsy. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of like this amoral, gruff, but ultimately like likable like rogue. And he gets ten minutes and that's it. This movie really harkens back to, I would say, Oh brother, where art thou? Barton Fink, and don't laugh at me, but a movie that I grew up with, The Borrowers, like where he's okay. playing he's playing a bad guy, but these are movies that realize that John Goodman's like sheer size and vocal register are scary. Right. He fills up he fills up the camera with his body, and in a close-up, he fills up the camera with his gigantic head. <laughs> and like the range of emotions that he can do on the darker half of things is pretty harrowing, wouldn't you right. say? I would agree with that. Um, he just has these range of emotions that he like flies through whenever she says anything to him because he's like he's pissed. He wants her to be grateful. He sort of understands that she's scared, but like Goodman is just doing things with his face where like he'll cycle through three emotions before he even talks, and it's good. Right. But my my question for you and the people that I saw this movie with drew my attention to this, and I don't know if I agree or disagree. But okay. that there are not enough shifts between you thinking Goodman's the bad guy and you thinking he's right. He's almost it's strange. He the, his character though is almost too weird in every interaction for him to have a real moment with the protagonist. Yeah. Um, so I don't know some something about like the small ways in which they wanted to do that character prevented them from having like a moment where they like oh we really do need each other in a right. genuine way. That didn't, I don't know, that didn't bother me that much, though. Well, I think it didn't bother me because ultimately the point of the movie does not become, like, is this guy right or is he wrong? It's that it can be one or the other and not matter. Ex- yes, 100%. Like, what he's doing well is still wrong. I will say, okay, so here, let me start a little bit of detraction, though. Okay. Most of the time when people talk about, like, PG-13 movies, like, I hear them talk about, like, PG-13 violence um, and kind of, like, being aimed at teenagers and, like, none of those things really crossed my mind in this movie other than the fact that it felt so PG-13 because it's just, like, it's kind of loud in, like, the way that it's directed. Um, mm. This this Like, all of its strokes are, like, a little bit broad. Like, the scene, for instance, where she wakes up... Um, like the way it goes around that room kind of to me exemplified the way that you're going to be kind of like pushed around this movie. Like even though there is, I mean, even though it's ultimate thing is ambiguity, it's mechanics are not ambiguous at all. Oh no. I'm going to put myself out there on the final thing here and then I'll, I'll let you disagree probably and okay. take us home. I'm going to argue though that this movie is ultimately by our rating system where we rank or where we rate uh, technical quality first and watchability and rewatch value second. Um, I'm going to argue that this movie is actually good, bad 
because I think it's certainly well made. I think I was certainly feeling the intensity of the endeavor while I was in the theater. I'm not sure why I would ever come back. Not because it was disturbing, just because even though there's the slight implication of a universe, there's no universe to return to. There's not a plot that really deserves like a deeper look, even as you're waiting, like really waiting white knuckling for the next piece of information. And nor does it like have scenes that you really want to like relish in. I'm not sure why I ever come back. So I think it's a good bad for me. That's an interesting, not not something I would have said immediately because I think it's a good movie. Yeah, I'm going to argue that I think this movie is going to end up being, as, as someone who has rewatched the original Cloverfield um, and enjoyed the experience, um, I'm going to have to say that I will probably watch this one again just to sort of, because they give you a lot of red herrings. Mm-hmm. And I think it might be interesting to sort of see them play out and just know this world a little bit more because it's almost like it's a mini a miniaturist movie everything's like basically within this you know 500 square feet or whatever but i don't know i feel like just in the way i don't know it i think i would watch it again i I understand what you're saying and i respect it i'm not going to argue with you about your opinion uh Mm -hmm. but i believe that this is just because of my taste that this is a good good movie my hopes for people recognizing its goodness are that in the next two weeks, a lot of people are talking about like how much John Goodman got to do here and that this movie kind of becomes part of his legacy. Yeah, that's interesting. I also think it's a nice reminder to Hollywood if it works out, if this movie makes like $100 million or something mm-hmm. um, or whatever like the, the threshold is to consider something a success is that you can make... I feel like you and I are generally drawn to the kind of filmmaking that is done at like the 40 to $50 million budget range. Mm -hmm. Or you can get some, you can get some quality personnel on board and like take a chance on an interesting script as opposed to the $250 million Avengers sequel. Yeah. So I think this movie is like, if it is pulled off, And I'm sure they made this movie for less than that range. Um, Yeah. But just the idea that you can, in fact, brand movies that are original and sort of do something new within the genre without, like, you know, losing the house. Uh, Buddy, thank you for doing this. Happy Sunday. Thank you for indulging me and seeing this movie that, you know, took a little bravery to go into. And you can check us out, uh, berealguys.com, on our wonderful website made by the wonderful Michael Todd, on iTunes and SoundCloud to find past episodes, and on Twitter, uh, at berealguys. Noah Ballard, thanks, buddy. Thank you, pal. Uh, I'll just be here building a birdhouse till next time. And you can't kill the demon without stabbing the good boy. Take care, everyone. Children be-